0: You're listening to Fundraising Radio, a podcast about fundraising for early-stage startups. The major rule that we follow here is no bullshit on this podcast. No music to relax you, no advertisements of our sponsors. We only talk about fundraising here and nothing else. So let's jump into the episode. And today's the guest speaker, we have Scott Kriya managing partner at 1982 Ventures. And in this episode, we'll talk about choosing the right investor and specifically, how do you ask investor questions to understand if they're hands-on, if they're hands-off, how much of the impact are they gonna have on your company and just to figure out you know, how they have performed in the past. But while asking those questions, uh, making sure that you don't sound rude or just you know, stupid or uneducated. So in this episode, we'll talk about this. And Scott, let's kick this episode by you giving us some background on yourself and on 1982
1: ventures. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, 1982 Ventures is a uh, seed fund for Southeast Asia, focusing specifically on fintech. Um, this is an emergence we're seeing a lot more and more these days and, and, um, for those of you starting up, there's more and more, um, early stage funds that are becoming more and more sector focused, um, which is great. Um, uh, especially at the early stage, if you're looking for guidance, um, you know, investors that really understand your business, um, it's a, it's a great place to look. I'm originally from the U.S., uh, grew up in Southern California, um, been in Asia for a bit more than a decade, uh, split between China and uh, here in Southeast Asia, based in Singapore. Um, we've been—I've been working with my partner at 1982 Ventures, uh, the other managing partners, and Powers for about uh, four and a half years now, and we've been um, investing in fintech uh, for nearly that whole time. So, um, yeah.
0: Nice. So yeah, let's let's start off with the standard question that I ask pretty much every single investor that comes up on fundraising video. Uh, what do you like to invest in, in terms of stage, field, and average size?
1: So yeah, what we do is we, we try to stay to exactly what's on the tin, uh, as they say. So we we want things that are fintech, that look like fintech. So mm-hmm. for us, fintech is any if you are doing anything that um, traditionally might have been done by a financial institution, so if you're doing insurance, if you're doing... Payments. You're doing lending. If you're doing um, uh, compliance and regulatory things, then then you are fintech. If you're also, um, we look at uh, software players that are servicing financial institutions. So maybe that's the better example for um, sort of reg tech um, technology platforms that that are specifically tailored to banks. Um, So so these are the these are the kind of things that we look for. It's it's a pretty big. It's a it sounds pretty narrow, but it's actually a, a pretty wide field, and um, and we think there's a there's there's a lot of opportunities uh, still to go. We invest in Southeast Asia. Um, the markets here are are we'll say a little bit behind the U.S. and Europe, um, and maybe just a slightly behind uh, where where China was and where uh, India was. But there's amazing growth here, and um, there's a there's a a, a massive story for Southeast Asia, I think it's probably the fastest growing region in the world. Um, and it has been pretty consistently for the last uh, 5 to 10 years. Um, there's a, a emergent middle class, a lot of folks who are, who are coming online, um, digitally native. And, um, generally, uh, folks have been underbanked here. So you, you kind of put all those 3 things together. And um, and an easy look into some of the neighboring countries and, and even some of the countries in South America, um, who are just a little bit further along. And it's nice you can see the roadmap of where things are going. So it's a it's a it's a great it's a great region, politically stable, um, very dynamic, and um, a, a very young population who's who's really um, realized that that this is their time. Mm-hmm. That's
0: very true. That's a big trend in. I think in like Asia overall, so definitely on the same page here. So, uh, you are based in Singapore right now, originally you're from the United States, how did you end up in the Singapore and why?
1: So I came to Singapore by way of China, um, around 2009, uh, I, I started a business with a, with a, with a partner in Shanghai and, um, we were doing corporate advisory for mid-market companies. Um, I had the opportunity to move to Singapore um, and and uh, sort of it was time to exit that business. That business still runs. Um, it's doing doing quite well. but uh, I think I think for me, my, my time had uh, sort of come up to take that next step. And so I landed here in Singapore, um, which is quite good because I've got a family here and a PR here and quite settled. Um, but yeah, it was it was really just to to kind of take that story of of, of Asia. Um, to that next level, and I think this is really the time for Southeast Asia. The, the, the growth, uh, the growth pulled me in. We'll say. Mm-hmm. Also, the food's right. pretty good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that had to be mentioned, and yes, I'm glad you said it. I was. I would have said it anyways. <laughs> so uh, let's go to the major topic. All right, nearly the major topic. So first question before we move on to the major topic, which is evaluating the investor is understanding what you can expect from what kind of investors. So there are angel investors, there are funds, there are micro VCs, there are uh, syndicates, there are rolling funds. All kinds of stuff. So let's 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 focus on the major three: angel investors versus standard VC funds versus micro VCs. So what can you expect from
1: those three, and what are the major difference between the three? Yeah, I think that, I think it's a great question, and it's a great place to start because um, the landscape is is much more vibrant than it ever has been. Um, there's a lot more angel investors. There's a lot more micro VCs. Um, as a founder, you're coming into the probably the best market. Uh, of any founder before, so okay. um, feel good about that. First of all, feel good about that. Uh, <laughs> I know it feels like a, a bit of a maze. Um, there's also a lot of, as you kind of alluded to in the question, there's a lot of crisscross going on. So um, you have you have angel investors, you have funds, you have some rolling funds, you have these super angels, um, you have micro VCs, and they all kind of are doing the same thing in a way. But all sort of taking a different approach, and, and I guess where you are is always a result of of where you started. Um, but you kind of want to break things into, into uh, I would say I would say break it into buckets of um, is is it an individual investing, is it an institution investing, um, and then if it's an institution investing, is uh is it is it a am I, is it a is it a part of a larger group? Or is it? Or is it really a, a partner-driven uh, fund? So <laughs> I guess on the on the high level, um, the things that you want from an angel investor, um, you, you generally want them to be hands-on in a very positive way. The, the um, and we'll, we'll, we can kind of break down what types of angels and inv- investors there are, but um, it, there there are some really good angel investors out there, and. Um, what you want in an angel investor is generally their network, um, them to be plugged in, and to be a sound, uh, sort of a sound mind to bounce things off of. Um, and, and it's it's really sort of as basic as that. So someone who can, who who really believes in your business, who buys into the vision, and um, and can help push you forward a bit there, um, and a little bit of cash as well, of course. You, you, you always think about the money and uh, and that, but. Um, when you look back, you'll say, wow, it wasn't really the money. Um, but, you know, in, in the time <laughs> of the day, it always feels like the money. Um, then you have the, the next level is, is sort of micro VCs and these things run the gamut of, um, some of them are kind of angel angel syndicates. Um, a lot of times they're, they're, uh, smaller, generally very partner led, um, funds. They, they can invest small tickets. Um, the. These things also run the gamut. Some some micro VCs, um, they're they're kind of a uh, they run a very ver- diversified portfolio. So they they maybe, um you're going to be one of two hundred companies. You need to be able to get comfortable with that if if that's what you're looking for. Um, they they'll bring the money. Um, a lot of times, what they can uh, what you can leverage them on is is relationships. Um, you're in this kind of relationship. Typically, you're going to have to perform. So. They're going to have so many companies that the ones that are performing well are going to be the ones that uh, that, that get the attention. Just because there's going to be so many companies in that portfolio. Um, well, you can also, and and this is I guess for a more institutionalized micro VC. For for some micro VCs, it, it might just be two people who have kind of put their name on a door and say this is where a VC, and um, <laughs> and and they're you know and they're running a, a, a smaller portfolio and they can be they can give you much more attention. Um, the the other thing with the with the micro VC is that, that oftentimes they can do very well, especially in, even the ones I would say that, that have really wide portfolio is um, they can connect you with other founders in their portfolio and they can connect you um, with some best practices of things that have been done before. So um, you can ask them for things like, hey, I, I need my we're doing an ESOP plan. Can you help me with that? Can you help me find a lawyer? Can you help me find these things? Because Um, they've got a wealth of experience across so many companies, so you may not get as much sort of partner time as it were, but there, there may be um, a lot more of that kind of community feeling uh, amongst it, amongst the better ones. So the micro VCs oftentimes range and then a more traditional VC, um, is going to be often a bit more dedicated to you. They'll be able to follow on rounds, uh, later, um, Mm -hmm. and, and, um oftentimes the teams will be a bit bigger. So when you're thinking about working with a, a, a real VC uh, or a, a, somebody that's a bit more well-known, um, you wanna make sure some of those same concerns with the micro VCs that that you're getting, uh, that you have access to the partners, um, that you're getting the, the best that they have, um, you know, that, that's built their reputation. You don't wanna sort of, uh, sort of fall through the cracks or get stuck with, um, you know, sort of jun- junior folks, but you know, you, you, you want to cultivate these relationships yourself. So a lot of times it's also, you, you get what you give, um, back. So hundred
0: mm-hmm. percent, everything on the spots, nice and sweet and short, but also very informative. love the answer here. So now it's time to go into the major topic of today's discussion, asking questions to the investors without sounding, sounding rude. So, uh, you know, when you're talking to an angel investor, when you're talking to a micro VC, when you're talking to a standard VC firm, you always have to figure out, you know, if they're actually going to be able to live up to, you know, those things that you expect them to do, right? The things that you've just mentioned, basically. So what kind of questions would you recommend founders asking those uh, investors right away on the, you
1: know, meetings before the, the, the investment is actually made? Yeah. So so if you're, if you're talking to angels, um, so I, I think the way I would approach as a founder is to kind of break it into two pieces, right? Is one is what are like the real qualifiers is am I talking to somebody who's in, who can invest um, mm-hmm. and who might invest and then sort of once they're kind of qualified, you, you, you can go through the pitch and you can, you can make it a conversational and then you can get to a bit deeper questions where you start to really, really reference them. I think, um, you know, everything in life is a little bit about a, a give and a take. So there's there's some questions you can ask up front that are very easy qualifiers and I don't believe that they're uh, rude to ask um and and you shouldn't feel that way either as a founder just be very direct about it and direct and friendly and then um if there's some rapport if it seems like there's a fit then we can get into some deeper questions. So I guess some of the first questions you should ask for and this is and this is with a uh sort of a an angel is um you know, how, how did you, uh, how many, how, I guess there's a few things you want. You want, what's their activity? Are they active in the market? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's their ticket size? What's their approach and what's their process? The process you can leave a little bit later, but um, an, an easy question is, you know, um, do you have a view on my sector? Um, and and this is, I think this is important um, for angels because, um, and you, you might know this if you got introduced to somebody who's specifically uh, in your sector, who's doing something similar? But um, if if you're a fashion startup and and somebody does uh, logistics, or m- maybe those are too close together. Even then, but you know, if if someone's investing in restaurants and you're pitching blockchain, maybe there's not a fit there, right? Um, yeah. It, you, educating investors um, can be difficult. Um, also, it's it's good it's good to know. Um, you know, if, if it's an angel investor who comes from the industry that you're investing in, and, and their view is that startups don't work, you know, get, let's get that out there. Um, and, and it's funny uh, how many angel investors don't, don't like startups for, for being angel investors. Um, those are not great angel <laughs> investors typically. But do you have a view on my sector? Um, have you made other investments in my sector? Um, how, many, uh, how many investments have you made as an angel? Um, what sort of ticket size do you normally write? Um, and, uh, and, and what's your, how many ticket, how many investments, <clears throat> excuse me, how many investments do you normally make during a year? These are, these are really important questions, um, to, to ask what what you're going to find is kind of things range in, in a few, few things. So some angel investors are very, uh, they just kind of. Invest on a whim. So they're, they're like, well, you know, i met this person things seemed really interesting um you know maybe met him over a drink or or something like that um and something struck me i thought it was a good idea i i've invested in my brother-in-law's company i've invested in um you know very ad hoc sort of way other other angels are are much more programmatic they they have a budget they set for themselves they say look i'm going to invest in uh one startup a quarter or one startup a month um I set aside, you know, $25,000 a quarter just for this sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So so you want to tease these things out right away. Um, and and um, if you're talking to a VC fund or a micro VC fund, the questions are not too different. Um, on, on that side, what you want to find out is, do you have money? <laughs> and there's a lot of <laughs> quote-unquote VC funds who don't have money. Um, yeah. You might be surprised. Um, as a startup founder, you think, well, they say they're a VC fund; they must have money. But um, if it's a VC fund, ask: Are you actively deploying capital? Um, what's the stage of your fund? How much of your fund's been invested? Um, those are these are 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 kind of um, very open questions um, you can ask for. So th- that's really what you want to do to really qualify somebody: is can they invest? Do they have money to invest? Are they active in investing? Or is, is it something that, you know, they've, again, they might have funded their brother-in-law's company that was sort of an angel investment and um, somebody linked you up, you know, so, yeah. uh, so that's, that's something you want to get out of the way uh, pretty, pretty early.
0: Very accurate. And yeah, those people who are not actively investing or who maybe just don't have capital to deploy at the moment, they are usually the ones. (coughs) Sorry, now now I'm the one losing the voice. (laughs) Uh, They're usually the ones to, to, to waste most of your time, you know, on those really long coffee calls uh, It's just weird. So yeah, definitely ask those questions, make sure that you don't waste your time on people who can actually invest in you right now. Um even though I encourage you to keep those connections, you know, 5 years later maybe they
1: will be the ones who will be around. So definitely keep I in touch 100% with, them. Agree with that. 100% agree. And and that's something to, to to keep up uh keep in mind. It it's not just with investors, it's with with everybody. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you don't want to, you don't want to close doors Mm and don't want to slam them shut. Right. If, if someone's not a fit for you right now, um, if they're an investor, if their fund's not ready yet, their fund might be ready for your next round. Um, they might end up at a, at a, a large VC fund as a principal there or something. So you never, you never know where people are going to pop up. And also, um, you know, so, so you want to get these things out of the, out of the way and and clear to where you stand, but, um, you just understand that that's where the the lay of the land is today. Um, so yeah, great great point, great point.
0: Very glad we've agreed on this one. And now let's talk a little bit about the red flags, especially from the investor perspective. So when a founder is talking to an investor, what kind of red flags should they be
1: looking out for? Okay, actually, but before we do that, um, uh, let's talk about the what I call the marriage questions. So so you've kind of qualified the investor. You you know, you you said, "Okay, look, this is somebody who who is investing. They're active. Um, Their cadence. There is this. They're they're like to invest about twenty five thousand dollars or fifteen thousand dollars. Those things seem like I can work with them. Um, So then you give a pitch, um, and and pitch seems to be going well. Um, Then there's some follow up questions, and and sometimes these happen over." You know, say, say two calls or something like that. It's okay if you don't get uh, everything out on the, on the first thing. But these are, these are to say, okay, you know, first you go on a date, you see, okay, is this person somebody I might like to be with, I might like to spend a night with um, for dinner, for dinner? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, at some point you're like, well, is this, is this, is this person the marriage material? You know, is this a, is this a partner for life? And um, I'm going to emphasize the for life. Um, you, you want to be thinking in, in very long-term views when you're thinking about investors, um, and, and we can come back to that in a bit. But um, get their story. How did you start angel investing? What's your investment process? Um, can you tell me about, you know, another investment you made? What was you can you, you, one of the three? Was it your? Tell me about your last investment. That one you probably need the least uh, least information on because it's going to be so fresh. Your your best investment or your worst investment. Um, what made it? Are you thesis driven? Um, you know, do you back great founders? You know, what, find out what their ethos is and, and they're going to say something that, um, is going to sound a little bit of a throwaway. Like, I just like to back excellent founders, or I like to, you know, something like that. Yeah, but yeah. There, there's clues in there and, and you want to understand really how they think and, and how they, how they work with them, um, how they work with the founders. That's, a, that's another really important question you need to ask is um, how do you like to work with founders you like and are founders that you back? And, um, and again, you're going to get an answer and, and you need to read between the lines here, but um, th- this is, this is going to be a partnership. And angel, angel investors, especially, and, and funds can be very variable as well, but angel investors are highly variable in how they interact and um, just because angel is kind of such a lump category so um, th- this is something this is really the, the key to what you want to be exploring um through this whole next round of questions you can ask for uh, other you know referrals you, you can ask for it directly you can go directly um to some of the other portfolio companies um something we do and i and uh and it's because we we put a lot of emphasis in um, keeping our portfolio happy. We like, we when we say we, we invest in a founder, we go 100% behind that founder. So mm-hmm. um, we actually are, are, I mean, we don't want a bunch of people ringing our founders wasting their time, but um, we do organize, you know, a lunch where we'll, Organize is a very tough word um, but if there's a, if there's a company that we really are are liking working with a, a new founder and we're kind of moving them through a process it's not uncommon for us to invite the prospective uh startup founders to a lunch and then alongside one of the founders that we've already is already in our portfolio so we like to see that interaction i i believe founders get along great with great founders um they're kind of going through the same things in life you know, being a founder is very lonely, um, or it can be very lonely, so um, we're very open to that. And I think that's a, it's a great sign, um, if you're a startup founder, to, to, to be sort of opened up to that network. Um, the other question I think you want to ask, or, or the other things that you want to tease around, um, two things. One's a bit more mechanical, um, Is uh, so we can get that out of the ways. Um, can they invest on a note? Can they invest on you know on what sort of instrument? Um, you you want to make sure that they get into. Um, and I, I'm sure you've covered this on another episode, but you want to you want to make sure they get into probably a convertible note, um, probably something that's industry standard. Uh, you know either either a safe note or a, a, a care. There's there's four or five different open source documents that are pretty well vetted. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know you want to you want to be on a standard instrument. So can they do that? Do they need a, a lead investor? Um, you know, do they? Will they only invest if you know Sequoia is investing? Then they want to jump on board. Maybe they're not that useful. Um, do they invest with um, other other angels? So angels kind of run in packs. Good ones do. Um, so can they bring some of their friends in? You know, who do you and who do and do you invest alongside? These are questions you you definitely want to tease out, um, and you can ask that directly. Say, you know, do do you are you do you invest with um, a group? There's a lot of um, angel clubs, and I think we can get to that in a bit. Um, some of them operate in a in a from a monolithic, where they're much more operate like a fund, and they do things together. And some of them are very much like just network. So you know, they, uh I'm talking to Dave. Dave likes a deal. He starts sharing it to his network, um, and. You know, of those ten people, probably six also agree with him because they like they like Dave, and then they like his taste, and they'll trust that he'll be the, the shepherd along the way. So um, you can directly ask those questions, um, and and don't don't be shy about it. Um, they they might even like to to share that. Um, and then the the other key thing you really want to tease out, and this is again, it's about alignment: is where do they see your business going? um you don't want an angel who sees your business going in a completely different direction um you know you you don't want the person who says yeah I put money in but I think they're doing it all wrong one you're not going to get the most value out of that person they're not going to give you the most value also your angels need to be your biggest champions so um when they're having dinner um you know you don't want them you don't want their first instinct to to be oh yeah Startup X, I invested. I think they're doing it all wrong, but maybe they'll figure it out. Like that's not your lead tagline, right? <laughs> that's not what your your uh, your champion should be saying about you. So yeah. make sure there's alignment. Yeah. Uh, if there's one theme to everything, I think in dealing with investors, dealing with uh, clients, dealing with um, employees, alignment is the thing, only thing that matters. Um, if everyone's marching and aligned in the same direction. You know the world sort of opens up, so so uh, that's that's sort of the overlying theme, and I think that's really about what can cover it. So I apologize for for jumping back into the last <laughs> question, but uh, that's 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 what you want.
0: No worries. Yes, you've covered a ton of topics. I'm just sitting here, you know, I love it you know you answer your own questions and they're on the right subject so i'm happy to just you know sit and observe thanks for thanks for doing some, I, some extra I work
1: did, i did prepare some notes it sounds like i'm probably uh <laughs> like uh, but there's a there's a bunch of napkins with scribbles from
0: awesome is. perfect thanks for doing all that work for us all right so now let's talk a little bit more about um just a bit about uh, startup founders who are doing something wrong, and then we'll move on to a more fun part of it. And we'll wrap up there. So question is, uh, what do you think founders are not doing enough of that? They should be doing? I feel like I asked that question really wrong. But
1: yeah, I think, um, I think, I think it's the really uh, what I think founders um, maybe don't have enough conversations. Some oh, yeah. founders- a lot of founders don't. I mean, there's some, some founders are, are just, you know, sc- screaming at the top of their lungs, but, um, your, your, your idea is probably not going to get stolen. Um, in it, you know, or you, you probably stole the idea. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> it didn't just pop into your head, right? It, it, you, you've, you've taken different pieces of things and you think there's an opportunity. Um, you, you might've seen something working or you may have worked somewhere and said, this, this is, this is some insight I have. Um, that's, that's great. There's going to be other people with that same insight or, um, or 80% of it. Um, the, the key to a startup is always execution. So, um, you know, I, I don't think you should, there's certain information you do, you do keep, but, um, you know, be your own champion, be out there. Um, you, you don't need to include everything in a deck, you know, down to, to the, the, the finest points and things like that. But, um. Don't withhold information from people that's sort of necessary to qualify them or to make a decision. Um, so I think that's I think that's one thing. Um, early stage founders sometimes it takes them a little bit of, a little bit of time to, to get to understand that. Um, there's also I think um, something and and maybe this is a bit sensitive, but um, a lot of the rounds that you read in the in the you know TechCrunch or you know any of the any of the trade rags. Um, they announced the sort of mega rounds. Um, mm-hmm. they, they announced, and, and even them, uh, a lot of this stuff is PR. Um, the story behind it is a little bit more opaque. And um, so you, you need to sort of understand this and, and get to your own conclusions. Um, talk to other founders, understand what terms are really going around. Um, it's not always, you know, you, you're. If you're a first time founder just out of school, you're probably not going to raise uh, $10 million um, for your seed round. Um, it's, it's just probably not likely. Um, so figure out what the real market is, figure out where you stand um, and, and be reasonable about it. Um, try to find the right investors. Um, so anyway, so, so that's, that's one thing I think. Um, if, if you don't have a i guess another point i'm sure you've covered this on, on other like you know talking about when to use a note and when to use a price round um if if you're just dealing with angels unless they're uh let's call it like peter Thiel or somebody who's, who's the mega angel um try not to do a price round try to do a note um we see in in southeast asia this is a bit of a problem um somebody will, a founder might will say, look, I, I want to do a note and I'm going to do a uh, 15 million pre-money note with a 10% discount with a bunch of angels. And, mm-hmm. and and then what happens is those angels, they're not, one, they're not price sensitive. So, so the founder says, well, they're not price sensitive. They don't care. So I'm just going to make it a really high cap or something. Um, but it becomes a big turnoff for your next round of investors. Um, and say, okay, well. Obviously, these people are going to be disappointed. We're not going to do a fifteen million, uh, you know, pre-money. Maybe it's maybe it's five. Maybe it's three. Um, and so, and so those things become big turnoffs, and they just kind of show that um, expectations are are not in line. Um, your investors are, are are not going to be that happy with you. So, um, just be careful with that when you're dealing with angels. Unless there's somebody who really has what I call pricing authority. Um, then you don't wanna to go too heavy into pricing around. Um, so those are some things I think, I think kind of easy mistakes. I think you also asked about red flags um, in dealing with angels. There's a few red flags I would, I would uh, highlight. So if an angel, um, and, and this one, uh, I, I don't know if it's just common in the US, but um, in Southeast Asia, it does happen a bit. Um, if an angel expects short-term liquidity so if they're saying, "Yeah, I want an exit in, in 12 months," um, you need to be wary of that. Uh, the, the truth is, you know, as as much as that might be the tipping point to to make make them give an investment, um, it's probably not going to be there. And um, you don't want a disruptive investor on your cap table. So um, just just be leery of that. It's you know, th- this is a um, a big kid sport. As, as it were, um, you want people who are aligned with you, and and uh, and you don't want to overpromise things just to get the check. Um, and and anybody who's thinking twelve months is does not understand angel investing. That's just not how it is. They're they're probably not an angel. Um, the other the other some of the other red flags when it comes to terms um, when when someone starts talking about warrants or any unorthodox terms. Um, I think I think free shares and advisor shares is, can be a very touchy. Thing. And, and I think some folks, um, uh, they, they treat, treat it as a, hey, why don't you give me something for free? It's not a uh, <laughs> thing is a, is a very give first business. Right? Um, usually you say, hey, here's a check. And by the way, I'm going to do a lot of work for you for free. Um, you know, the, their advisor shares do exist. They are there for a reason, but you're not giving away 5% of your company for somebody who may or may not give you some business leads or connect you to somebody um, at, a, at a VC fund. And VC funds don't usually like those kind of relationships because the startups that will take that are not gonna be the highest quality startup. So mm-hmm. watch out for that. Um, another one that we see out here, and again, it's because our, our ecosystem's a bit less mature, um, is investing in tranches. So putting it against milestones. Say, okay, well, I'm gonna give you 10K and then when you get to this we'll give you another 10k another 10k um that's just doesn't work um for a number of reasons so if someone is coming in with that mindset uh it's probably not a fit and as much as the headline money might seem attractive um run away it, it's going to be toxic for your for your business not because you can't execute not because of but trust me it'll be toxic um, and then i think we talked a bit about um, or we touched on angel syndicates. And I think angel syndicates, um, these vary widely. So um, the, the, the best angel syndicates I find, um, they're, they're kind of one of two, two types. One, they either um, are just a group of really good friends that do a lot of investments together and you find that maybe it's five or six people and for any given investment about 60% of them will invest you know it's not always the same 60 percent, but you know one brings in a transaction three of those five will do it someone else brings in sometimes all five sometimes only three of them but th- those are usually good um best angels can pull the trigger quite quickly they have the money to do this this is sort of their hobby their sport their you know this is something they can they they, they like to to as part of their persona and being decisive is a, is a key element to that and it's a, it's a key element to being any any type of investors have to be decisive um the other model that works really well um or for a minute from a startup's perspective um is angel syndicates that say um we have we have a a theme or a group of investors that are um sort of in your space and Um, we can sort of guarantee you a check this size. It may be a bit more, but the, the idea is that there's a hard deadline and it's a structured process for them. What, what you don't want, um, is an angel syndicate. That says, um, hey, we're we're an angel syndicate. We're going to do a bunch of stuff for you. Um, maybe you're going to do some work for us. Um, we want you to, um, Go through, like, a pitch competition, and then you're going to present to animal, and there's no real decision making process. Um, two or three people might do it, you're going to be one of ten. Um, that's going to be a huge waste of time and a huge distraction. And if you don't have visibility on who's within that angel group or that syndicate, um, and that those people can actually add value and, and become a real partner to you, then um, it's money, but it's going to be a lot of work, it's going to be low return. Um, and not great for you so um, those are some of the, the things I see um, maybe some of the red flags again anybody who doesn't have alignment who's not aligned to your not down for the cause who's not ride or die um, you need to be careful about taking their money mm-hmm. so we definitely
0: extend our normal period of 30 minutes but I'm willing to extend a little bit more Sorry about that. Why. why do you think trenches are so bad and so toxic
1: um, because uh, w- what'll happen is um, you, one, you're stretching out the financing for a long time. Um, so if, if you're running on all cylinders, especially if you're taking small checks, um, you want to be able to uh, raise. I, I think uh, Y commenters coined it. What do they call it? Hyper resolution fundraising. But you, you, your, your business is going to go from a value of zero to say, less than a million dollars to $2 million to $5 million very quickly, Mm -hmm. Um, and stretching that out into tranches becomes very uh, difficult. I think a more mature way to do it is to say, um, let's raise a check now. Let's just call it what it is. That money goes in and then um, when we get to this milestone, then we we can do another fundraising round and we can get more pricing in. Um, what what happens a lot is that um, life happens. Sometimes things like the 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 way these contracts usually get written um, is that there, there's like a laundry list of things you have to do these eight things to get the next tranche and these eight things to get the next tranche. And one of those things misses, and it might be because the business has decided to. You know, we thought the opportunity was in. Um, Going direct to consumer, we now see that it's a business partnership. So now our metrics are, are changed, or something like that. But it can be a, a whole number of reasons, you know. Um, and uh, start the the best, you know, equity is meant to be like permanent capital. Um, so you know, it's it it should be your ride or die capital. So I, I think um, if someone says, "Look, I want to put in you know half a million dollars, but then I want to do it." You know, 250 and then unlock the this and unlock the that. Um, I would just say, like, let's just call it 250. Let's let's put a let's put some terms against it and let's get onto the same page. The other thing that'll it'll be more complex is that um oftentimes that last tranche won't come in until the next round um, True. of of starts to activate and you're fundraising for that. And basically what you've done is you give the investor a free ride. Um from the startups' perspective, so um, I, I just think it. it I, I understand the compromise. in, in other parts of the uh, of, of finance, you know, if you're doing a large private equity transaction or a growth equity round or something like that, I think these instruments, um, you know, can be useful. That and, and maybe work both ways. But I think for a startup and for a very early stage company, um, the the best tools for the job. You know, finance is a finance is there's is all about you know what's the right what's the right instrument for, for a given situation. And I think, um, you know, just really encourage everyone to stick to those um, open source documents, the, the, the Y Combinator stuff, the 500 startup stuff. Um, th- there's gonna be little amendments to it, but um, that stuff is is sort of institutional grade um, and also very angel friendly. So um, it, it walks the line between that. As a fund, we will sign up to a to um, you know a safe note or a kiss note we, we might make sure that there's certain clauses within that but if you did attract changes and compare the documents there's not going to be a lot of changes there um, and and I think um, it's just it's just kind of the, the it's it's a little bit battle tested you know we, we use our own template sometimes but um, you, you want to stay away from uh, uh, any angel who, who goes to their lawyer and gets a convertible loan agreement um, that's you know used for a restaurant and tries to fit into mm. It's quite different.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Very good points. Absolutely love it. And we are running out of time, but the final part has to be optimistic. So one more question before we move on to the last, last, last question. So have you heard any of the crazy pitches lately or in your career? Have you heard any, like, have you seen any founders reaching out to you in a really weird format or pitching you something really weird? Anything extra funny?
1: Extra funny. I I always say that the funniest ones that we get a laugh of are the uh, usually the buzzword bingo. So when somebody wants to optimize and strategize the, the industry and and reglocalize, um, those tend to be the the ones that I think get laughed out of the room. Um, if a founder has a dream and they, they want to you know attack the the I don't know uh, payments for. Uh, uh, you know, antiques from mid 18th century. You know, I say go for it. You know, give it a shot. You know, maybe it's not right for us, but it, I'm not getting in any founder's way of uh, of realizing their dream and uh, touching a market that's very personal to them. So uh, I would say the, the buzzword bingo is always the ones that, uh, that that laugh us out. You know, is it? It's it's going to be AI, uh, artificial intelligence for for. Um, I don't know for for something that's doesn't need it <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes um our podcast is mostly i mean i'll have to mark the, the episode explicit but i'll say it anyways i've heard oh, a pitch i've actually great. seen i've seen the pitch deck of a uh vibrator that is powered by ai and i'm like that's great that is, that is cool
1: <laughs> yeah that might be the perfect use case for it you know <laughs> if uh you know that that's. I think that's worth putting some research dollars into. So, 100%. You know, there's, there's a lot of uh, yeah. There's. I mean, actually, so we we work um, we work very friendly with a, a local fund who's who's really into um, those kind of investments, and uh, I think it's great. You know, there's 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 so many there's so many as, as I think specialist funds are 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 uh, growing up, and there's so many great markets out there. Um, you know, um, I say I say go for it.
0: <laughs> 100%. Yeah, I mean, Sex Tech is actually growing as hell. So I laughed at that deck specifically because of the design, to be honest. So it, it just felt like the
1: encounters yeah. are pretty. I mean, sure. I'm, sure I'm sure the diligence is a lot more uh, exciting than, than, more
0: than Tech. <laughs> 100%. That's very true, actually. <laughs> I can't imagine that. But on this optimistic note, uh, now we can, we're can we allowed to move on to the wrapping up question, which is a call to action. So, Scott, what do you want to
1: listen to do as soon as the episode is over? Um, I think anybody who's interested in Southeast Asia, in, in fintech, reach out. Um, if, you're, if you're a founder having to be in Southeast Asia, please reach out. Um, it's never too early uh, to, to start a conversation. We like to get to know folks um build relationships um ahead of fundraising so if you're, if you're not quite ready for an investment from us um, so though, let, let's get talking and let's let's sort of tee it up so when the time is right um, any anybody who's i think um active in in angel investing in uh the us who, who sees looking over southeast asia um definitely get in contact uh, there's a lot of stuff happening here we, we'd love to get you involved in the ecosystem Perfect.
0: Great cultivation. I'll make sure to leave all the contact information in the description of this episode. I'll also leave a link to an episode uh, where I interviewed the founder of a really very deep tech solution. And he was talking about, you know, how he was uh, pitching investors without really disclosing all the technical details, uh, but without shoving NDAs in their faces. So check out the description of this episode, uh, ask investors questions, make sure you validate them. And as usually... Have a good day.